God said, speak to the rock. But what did Moses do? It says he struck the rock twice. And my friend, that is the disobedience that led God to say, you're not going to make it into the promised land. Welcome to Indigenous Faith with Craig and LaDonna Smith. For the next 30 minutes, we invite you to join Craig and LaDonna as they open God's Word and help indigenous followers of Jesus Christ learn how to live a biblically healthy life in the context of their culture and tribal traditions. Craig is a member of the White Earth Band of Ojibwe Indians from northern Minnesota and is an author, public speaker, and gospel singer. LaDonna is from the Navajo Nation from the American Southwest. She is also a gifted singer and writer and a deeply committed student of God's Word. Together, they have served Christ for over four decades in a ministry that has taken them to indigenous people all across North America and to a dozen countries around the world. Once again, thank you for joining us today for this week's edition of Indigenous Faith. And now, get ready to take a journey with Craig and LaDonna into God's Word to see what he has to say about living out an indigenous faith that helps us all live lives that please him and gives us power for victorious Christian living. God told Moses, he said, I want you to speak to the rock, Moses. But no, Moses, probably thinking back, he seemed to remember, you know what, I struck the rock the first time at Horeb. I got the results I wanted. <laughs> you know, the water flowed out of the rock mm -hmm. to refresh the people. Why not do what I remembered, what I remember worked before? That was the attitude in his thinking. God didn't tell him to strike the rock again. He didn't even tell him to strike the rock twice. God said to him, speak to the rock. Mm -hmm. And that simple act of taking things into his own hands and doing things in his own way cost Moses his ability to make it with all the other grumblers, mumblers, and stumblers into the promised land. And Aaron too. Yes. What a huge consequence. Mm -hmm. For what seemed to be such a simple act that produced, uh, once again, amazing results. So words why matter, did, why, did, why did the water come? Because God yeah. said, I will, the water will come. Yeah. I'm going to do my part. Mm -hmm. Moses, up to you to do your part. I'm going to have you speak to it. No, he struck it. But God was still faithful to quench the thirst of the people mm -hmm. around him. So they, words matter. Words God's word definitely matters. Matter. Yep. Matters to him. You know, it kind of reminds me of the old Frank Sinatra song <laughs> that he sang so well. Remember, I did it my way. <laughs> well, really, I'm laughing, sure but did. There, this he isn't sure really did. anything to really laugh about. Uh. You know, I mean, my goodness, Moses' whole life was built to this one moment of being able to finish the line, cross the line with, his, with those he was leading into the promised land. God says, you're not going to go there. You're not going to make it. I'm sorry. You're going to die in the wilderness because instead of speaking to the rock, you struck the rock. Wow. I mean, almost you might, some skeptics out there might be thinking, come on, God, what's, what, what, why are you so ticked off about this? What, what, it doesn't seem to make any sense, LaDonna, to some, I'm sure, that, um, you know, that uh, this simple act of disobedience, mm -hmm. whether you call it minor or major, brought such judgment on a man of God who for basically the rest of his life was so faithful to God. 
So, Craig, some of the things that we think are minor sins or something little, mm-hmm. they, they, they really are big things, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing minor about God's Word and, and uh, what well, He asks us to do. Again, this, this is getting us to the point where we have to remember, we may not understand what God is saying or why He's saying what He's saying to us. What He simply wants of us is what we hear Him say through His Word and through the impulse and, and leading of the Spirit of God in our life, the Spirit and truth, the Spirit of God and the truth of the Word of God, those two things combined, uh, our job is to obey what God is leading us to do. Friend, have you ever been, or maybe some of you right now might even be at a point in time in your life, you're at a crossroad. You're trying to ascertain the leading of the Spirit of God in things. It's important you get it right. It's important in the impulses and senses that you have. And and remember, God will never contradict his word when he asks you to do anything. But what God is telling you, what you really sense is his leading in your life. I'm going to encourage you, my friend, get on board with God. Mm -hmm. Do what his word says. So, Craig, why is it then that this issue is so egregious to the Lord? You mentioned that the New Testament has some important insight into this. Can we go there to see what you're talking about? Well, we sure will, LaDonna. And uh, it's important because, you know, I mean, we're like, right now, without the New Testament clarification, we're actually kind of like Moses and Aaron, Mm -hmm. not, not seeing the implications of what that action was. Instead of speaking to the rock like the Lord told them to, striking the rock, striking the rock twice, I mean, it did produce the same result. Water came out. God's blessing was on Israel because he said he would provide for them, and that he did. But yet, the one who committed the act of sin is the one who is responsible for that sin. So do you think... That's an important thing to remember. While all, all others are walking in obedience or, or mm-hmm. not been given a special, specific thing to do by the Lord, if they're faithful, if they're just thirsty and they're waiting for their leader to provide, and water gushes out, yes, they're going to be provided for. So God is so gracious, even at the same time he's judging an individual. He's gracious to the whole, while sometimes he's judging the individual leader for the sin that they've committed. See what I'm saying? It's possible for both on both sides of that. It's possible for living in a world that's going to pot like we are right now in our culture. But if we walk in obedience, even though our nation's falling apart, we can experience the blessing and favor of God. And mm-hmm. conversely, if our nation was obedient to God and mm-hmm. following his ways and we were disobedient, we would be individually paying the responsibility yes, for... for God's people in the yeah. midst of... Yeah, so it goes both ways. And this is what we see here. But yes. you were asking about the New Testament clarification, mm-hmm. LaDonna. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, it's pretty exciting when we start opening the New Testament to see <laughs> what, uh, what we're talking about here and clarifying this. So, LaDonna... I'm going to ask you to take us as listeners to Paul's letter to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians. I'd like to ask you to read chapter 10, verses 1 and 4. Okay. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. So again, you see here, he's, mm-hmm. Paul's writing the Corinthians, and he's mm-hmm. reminding, them, reminding right? them of the passages that were in in the wilderness here. Uh-huh. They were under the, remember the cloud that covered them at, 
in the daylight, provided that supernatural protection, fire at night that kept them warm, Mm -hmm. the fire and the cloud, they were under the cloud, and they passed through the sea, that we we talked Mm -hmm. about already, Mm -hmm. and then what, uh, what happened? They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. (laughs) Wow. That rock was Mm -hmm, Christ. mm -hmm. Now it's starting to make sense. You know, Moses didn't know that the rock at Horeb was actually a picture of the coming Christ. Here here, uh, Paul clarifies it. That Mm -hmm. rock at Horeb, that rock at Horeb was was Christ. Mm -hmm. it's, It's really all about the Lord. It says they ate the same spiritual food, drank Mm -hmm. the same spiritual drink, they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Now, it was spiritual in that it was a supernatural provision of actual physical water coming out and refreshing them, but it is also a spiritual uh, a spiritual drink. It's mm-hmm. a spiritual refreshing water. Remember Jesus when he spoke to the Samaritan woman at the well? Mm-hmm. He says, I have water to give you that, that you know nothing mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual water it's refreshing mm-hmm. and you drink of that water you'll never thirst again and what did she say oh give it to me because no, you know yeah, she was thinking of it more soak me up in it you yeah, know she kind was of thing thinking of it more as a continuous not not and what he really was talking about yeah moses had no idea that there was a deliverer who was to come centuries later and what the full salvation message of the gospel would entail the rock and horeb was a picture of the Christ of the New Testament gospel, who would go to Calvary's cross to suffer such pain and agony when he would be stricken, catch Mm. this now, Mm. once for all, Mm -hmm. for the sins of the world. What does Hebrews 10, verses 5 through 14 tell us, LaDonna? Hebrews 10, 5 through 14. Okay, it says, um, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body... You prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings. You were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First he said, Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, Here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. How many times? Once for all. (laughs) Amen. So, okay, let's... Let's actually fill this out a little bit more. Again, in the in the New Testament, we got such great clarification, Ladonna. Verse, uh, read verse, uh, verse eleven. Day after day, each priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, there we see it again. He sat down at the right hand of God, and since that time he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. 
Wow. Oh, Craig, it can't be made any clearer. It just can't be. Jesus was to be stricken once and only once for the sacrifice he made on behalf of sinful mankind. Not many times over, but once, only once. But what, what do we see Moses doing on these two occasions that we're studying today? The first time, remember, God says to him, strike the rock. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to Christ when he died on the cross. In doing so, Moses, unknowing to himself, was presenting the image of Jesus Christ hanging on that cruel cross once for all, being stricken once so that the spiritual water that can only refresh and renew the soul of all mankind would spill out from that man on the cross, mm -hmm. just like the water gushed out of the rock at Horeb and brought refreshment to the children of Israel. But then we go to the second encounter at a later date when once again the children of Israel were grumbling and complaining about no food, no shelter, no water, and they're dying of thirst. Moses gets the clearest message from the Lord to do what? Speak to the rock this time. But what does he do? He strikes the rock one more time, and again another time, twice, resulting in the anger of God and swift judgment that would be given to him from this judge of all the earth. You see, LaDonna, God doesn't want anyone messing with his gospel mm -hmm. message. Mm -hmm. Jesus was to be stricken, and we've clearly seen from the New Testament once for all. What are we to do then when we understand his once for all sacrifice for our sin? The answer is clear. We don't strike him again. We don't strike him a third time. No, we now, once we realize He's been stricken once for all. Our job is to what? Speak, Speak to, to the, the rock. rock. That's God's salvation plan, clearly articulated in his word. You know, there's some passages that are known to so many people that clearly uh, lay that out for us. I, I'm thinking right now the mm -hmm. obvious church, uh, mm -hmm. verse in 1 John 1, 9. If we mm -hmm. confess, if we, conf if we speak, if we spit it out, if we confess our sin... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and purifies from all unrighteousness, LaDonna. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, Craig, the scriptures also say in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth, there it is, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And also another verse, too, is found in Romans 10.13. It says, For every one who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, Greg. Who what? Everyone who, who calls, calls on the name of the Lord. Speak to the rock. Yes. Bring him your sins. Bring him mm. your, your anguished heart and confess your sin, my friend. There may be some of you listening right now that maybe all of a sudden the gospel for the first time in your life is making sense. From this Old Testament mm -hmm. story of a rock at Horeb, mm -hmm. where for the first time Moses strikes the rock. Then the Lord says, mm -hmm. speak to the rock. Because Moses, what I'm doing through this I'm showing throughout human history, and it will be recorded in the New Testament later, mm -hmm. that the salvation plan that I have 
I have put together for lost mankind mm -hmm. is number one, my son is going to die on a cross. He's going to be stricken. The rock is going to be stricken. And the water, the, the life-giving, supernatural, living water will flow from his wounded side down that cruel cross to bring spiritual, uh, quench spiritual thirst. And as Jesus said to the woman at the well, you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I, I guess you see, my friend, mm -hmm. it really was a big deal when Moses took it upon himself to strike the rock once more. And by doing so, he literally was misrepresenting the clear gospel message. God didn't really cut him any slack by claiming the truthful fact that he didn't realize the rock and Horeb was in reality a representative of Christ, the cross, and God's powerful gospel message of salvation that is found through grace alone, by faith alone, and Christ alone. No, God didn't cut him slack. Moses didn't know all that. It doesn't matter. What God says in his word, he wants us to obey. Yes. To obey is yes, better than sacrifice. That's right. And Craig, it was Jesus' earthly mother who said it best to the crowd gathered at a wedding celebration in Cana in Galilee, where Jesus performed his first miracle. Her simple yet profound statement recorded by John in John 2, 5 says this, His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. What a simple statement. Mm -hmm. What a simple way of saying so much with so few words. Mm -hmm. And my friend, that's our admonition to you and to LaDonna and myself as well as we're even recording this. We are called by God to walk in obedience. Mm -hmm. Whatever he says, it's like what Jesus' mother said so simply at that wedding feast. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, do whatever he tells you. <laughs> it's that simple. Mm -hmm. obedience from the Word of God. And that's why we can keep ourselves away from syncretism. Mm -hmm. It's why we can keep ourselves away from false teaching, is to do what the Word of God tells mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. God wants us to do. Right. It's that's... that simple. Well, we can see from this biblical story, my friend, of just how important obedience is to the Lord for His children, for His followers. Just do, do whatever He tells you. In some ways, I'm sad for Moses because in so many ways he was such a great leader for the Lord and has gone down in human history as a prominent biblical and historical figure. This one mistake cost him entrance into the promised land. Mm. Yes, that is something to grieve about for this otherwise great leader of a nation that has been chosen by God to bring the Savior of the world through. But Boy, I'm uh, I'm excited about where we're going to end this thing, LaDonna. We're going to land this plane here on a runway, and it's going to be wonderful. But there's some incredibly good news about this story, my friend, that has such a great redemptive ending to it. And it truly reflects the most powerful aspect of the gospel in this great salvation plan through trusting in Christ alone for our salvation. It's also a beautiful image of God's redemptive purpose of man because eventually you know what Moses actually does make it into the promised land in a very strange and unique way as you and I will one day make it into the promised land of heaven that is secured for us through the once and for all sacrifice of Christ and we see it recorded for us in Matthew 17 verses 1 through 4 
LaDonna, I love hearing you reading the Word. You, it, just, it just flows off your lips. And I'm, <laughs> I love I, the Word. I know you do. It's and, my favorite. And, and I just love to hear you, hear you read it. So that's why I often ask her to read the passages. Uh, she's got a more beautiful voice than I do, that's for sure. But, honey, let's, let's take our, our listeners to what we're talking about here okay. when Moses actually kind of ends up showing up on the Promised Land. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses Who? and Elijah. Moses. Who? Mo- <laughs> there is. Moses and Elijah talking with him. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Oh, wow, Craig. There's Moses, along with Elijah, the prophet of old, standing in the promised land, having a great visit with Jesus as witnessed by his disciples, Peter, James, and John. Now, it's clear Peter, James, and John's feet were planted on the ground, mm-hmm. right? They were planted in the promised land. And here we see Moses and Elijah coming and coming down. Jesus was on planet Earth at the time. Mm-hmm. And they had to plant their feet down on the promised land mm-hmm. and ta- in order to talk with Jesus and to be witnessed by these human uh-huh. earth dwellers. Uh-huh. So there he is mm. now. I mean, what a great picture of the gospel, LaDonna. It's an amazing image of the completed work of the gospel in our lives. Yes, we may fail and we may falter in our journey here on earth. And yes, it's true that we can often suffer the consequences of our sin, even though we've been forgiven by God for it. But the promise of reaching the promised land because of the message of the gospel is wonderful assurance for our souls. We too will one day be ushered into the promised land of heaven where we will be able to stand next to Christ, see Him face to face, and carry on visits with Him that will last throughout eternity. What an amazing picture of the gospel in this biblical example of the rock at Horeb. Oh, Craig. <laughs> Isn't that quite, is, an historic, quite an amazing story, this, LaDonna? This is so wonderful. What yes. an amazing story this is. Well, dear friend, uh, I uh, I am so encouraged, especially that last part. I mean, uh, poor Moses, like I said earlier, he struggled because, you know, he realized that his con- the consequence of his sin, what seems such an insignificant thing, it produced fruit before. Why can't it do it again? Mm. No, God says I'm talking about the gospel mm. here. Mm. You don't strike my son twice. He doesn't die twice. He doesn't go to a cross twice. He goes once and for all, mm-hmm. and then we speak to him. Mm-hmm. We confess mm-hmm. our sins, and we get right with him. Mm-hmm. And the wonderful thing about even Moses, though he came up short of the promised land, the gospel tells us, even mm-hmm. though we may stumble and f- falter and fail along the way, one day we will be touching down on streets of gold. Mm-hmm. Those were Amen. Moses's streets of gold for him, uh, along with what he's already experiencing in heaven. He's there in heaven, in fact. He wouldn't be there with Elijah had he not 
you know, his, his sin kept him out of heaven. No, no, no. So I tell you, this is a, such an incredible case study. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be bringing, LaDonna, several other case studies as we go down the road, as we mm-hmm. mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. This is just one. This is the first one out of the gate for us. Uh-huh. After establishing, um, you mm-hmm. know, the, the biblical qualifications uh, for obedience. And remember, we did the story on, on, on uh, Israel's anatomy of failure, how... Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't. Ha- we don't have to fail. We we can be strong in the Lord. So, my friend, in the weeks to come, we're going to be excited about looking at more case studies of biblical obedience, disobedience, and how it all impacted the lives of so many Bible people. Mm-hmm. But can we burn this truth into our minds today? And I want I want us to just reiterate this thing is the most important thing. This is the theme of what we're talking about today, and that theme is this, to obey is is better than than sacrifice. sacrifice. Amen. And we'll see you next week, dear friend, as we gather one more time to learn how to build a strong and lasting indigenous faith. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining Craig and LaDonna Smith and the Indigenous Faith Podcast. We trust today's episode has been an encouragement to you and helpful to you as you grow in faith as a follower of Jesus Christ. You can subscribe to this weekly broadcast and receive notifications when the next episodes are available. Simply follow the prompts on the tribalrescue.com website or the podcast platform you're using to sign up today. Don't forget to visit the Smiths website, tribalrescue.com, to learn more about the Smiths and Tribal Rescue Ministries. Be sure to visit their online store, where you can find more indigenous faith resources, including Craig's six-part DVD video series, and his six-part audio CD version of the same teaching. Also, Craig takes you deeper into the scriptures in his recently released Indigenous Faith paperback book, which will help you learn the secrets to a strong indigenous faith. All these resources, and other great books authored by Craig and LaDonna, can be accessed at their online store when you visit tribalrescue.com. The Smiths are dependent on the financial support of those who are benefiting from their teaching, preaching, and music ministry. Craig and LaDonna would like to ask you to consider supporting this ministry through your online giving, which you can easily and safely do on the tribalrescue.com website as well. You can also make your gift recurring if you so desire. If you'd like to support Craig and LaDonna, it will help them keep this podcast on the air, help them produce more books and resources, and enable them to continue sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ among people groups around the world. We'll see you next week, dear friends, on another edition of the Indigenous Faith Podcast. Until then, may the Lord richly bless you as you live out your own God-honoring, and biblically-based, Indigenous faith.